It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. I love that caller, Anthony Weiner. You had towards the end of your two-hour extravaganza. Getting better and better each week as you take on the Trumpers because you are a real Democrat, unlike others who come on our airways and claim they're common-sense uh, Democrats. I haven't heard anything that they've said that represents a Democratic ideology of late, but they wear the label. I'm a common-sense Democrat. And I wait. I wait to hear something that's common sense and Democrat, and I never hear it. But at least with you, I know we're going to hear from the Democratic point of view, we're going to hear a spirited, sometimes, not all the time, defense of the Biden administration, and the Trumpers are going to have an opportunity to go at you in a very spirited way that is respectful of one another. You know, it's not over the top. Always, always yeah. And your willingness, again, to discuss your own personal failings and how it might apply to others also politically who have had different kinds of failings, like you pointed out with George Santos. Who else can do that on radio? That's interesting. Instead of just listening to the constant drone of Hunter Biden sucks, Joe Biden sucks, Trump should be a dictator for a day, he's God, he's infallible, and oh yeah, we're going on to impeachment. If I hear that anymore, I'm going to take the microphone and impale myself in my head. And I hear the same statements all day long. It's sort of like a Xerox copy. So for me, it's refreshing to be able to listen to your two hours in preparation for the hour of left versus right. And a brilliant call. I can't uh, praise Carl enough for saying for both sides, it's about the money. And if anyone thinks this is about an ideological dispute... Think again. This is this is the 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 filling of the uh, of the George Santos seat. That, but others, other yeah, times, yeah. political races. It's about the consultants. It's about people making millions and millions of dollars, even when they know they're going to lose. It's all about the money. So, I heard you momentarily saying that in left versus right, we're going to hear Curtis Sliwa, you know, defend the Republican candidate in the special election that Kathy Hochul, the governor, has called for February 13th. Very important date uh, in my uh, on my calendar because it will be the 45th anniversary of when I started the Guardian Angels in the Bronx in 1979. So I'm very cognizant of that. That's great. And you said I would defend the Republican candidate. I'm waiting for the Republican candidate. What do you mean? Well, they, they chose this woman, Mozzie or something like that. Mozzie's not a Republican. She was chosen as the Republican. What do you mean she's not a Republican? She's never been a Republican. I sat at the Empire Steakhouse on a Sunday morning to be introduced to the new Speaker of the House. That everyone claimed they knew Johnson, you know, from Louisiana. Right, right. Nobody knew this guy. They were full of bull feathers. <laughs> the guy ended up spending more time talking to me about the Guardian <laughs> Agents. Oh, I've admired you. Meantime, nobody from the New York State GOP introduced me. You know, our mayoral candidate, Curtis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. <laughs> really? They, I mean, they... They recognize waiters, waitresses, the maintenance guy at the Empire, anything to avoid dealing with me. Because they know that I know the horse feathers of both the Democrats and the Republicans. So this woman, Mozzie, was introduced, you know, as a star in the Republican Party. Everybody gave her a standing ovation. Come on, look, it's rare. You have a black Ethiopian who's a Jew who served in the IDF as a paratrooper in Israel, went to Haifa University, has seven children, lives in Great Neck amongst right. all the Persians. I mean, she she just clean every, every category, every check box, every box. Every box. She's a Republican? No. Wait, what? No. She's not. She was elected to the county legislature in Nassau. They like to say, the first Republican ever in Great Neck, to be represented in the Nassau County Legislature. No, she's a Democrat. Now, she ran on the Republican line, yes. But now that she's going to be running against Swazi, 
She remains a Democrat. So I ask, what the hell is the technology going on here? Because this is all about the money. And let me be specific that there was no need for this race to take place, this special election. George Santos was in his waning days. He had already gone on record as saying, I'm not going to run for re-election. Let's say he lied again, and he was. The primary would have been in June. He would have gotten crushed. But now with a special election, look at our very dear friend, Peter King, former congressman, who is the consigliere to uh, Chairman Cairo, who holds court. Except except when something goes wrong. Then he has no idea. Of course. None of them do. Uh, but they meet at King Umberto's in Elmont on Meekum Avenue, and there's even a menu item. It's called Veal Scallopini a la Cairo. So if you're going there to, to kiss the ring, you got to order the Veal Scallopini a la Cairo, or immediately they're going to know you're a foe, <laughs> you're not a friend. So everybody knows that. It's twenty nine ninety nine on a menu item. So imagine this. They meet, they claim 30 people interested in running. And there were about 30 legitimate Republicans. And explain the process. The process is there's not a – since it's a special election, it happens fast. The county organizations of Democrats, insiders, the county organization of Republicans, insiders get to pick who they want to run. Right. right. Uh, so there's no primary process, none of that. Uh, this is uh, an opportunity, as Peter King says, this special election is going to be World War Three. Each side is going to pour $10 million into this race with donations coming from all over the country. That means they will have raised $20 million, both sides, $10 million apiece. And the election will be February 13th. Now, this will be windfall profits for the Nassau County Democratic machine, for the Nassau County GOP machine, and for all the consultants that are already buzzing around you know, putting their beats in the trough. This is not about we need a congressperson to replace Santos. And just so our listeners understand, and the reason is there's a limit on what a member of Congress running can take. I think it's $2,500, maybe it's $2,700. However, county organizations or political organizations can take almost unlimited money. They can take money from corporations. They can take money from individuals, unlimited amounts. So what will very often happen is a candidate will call up someone and say, listen, can you give me $2,700? I know you're a super rich guy. Can you also write a $50,000 check to Cairo? In fact, anyone who's thinking of running is already probably to persuade them to pick them has already said, can you write some checks to the county organization? They call so that, that's why they call it's so that a maintenance fee, right? A yeah. maintenance, like they need to do maintenance yeah. of the county or the state GOP or the state Democratic Party. Right. Now, on the other side, you have Jay Jacobs, holdover from the Cuomo days, survived getting axed by Hochul. But his real ballywick, his strength is Long Island, Nassau and Suffolk. So there's $10 million to be made on his side for the Democrats. Swazi had to go up to Albany, had to get down on his hands and knees, apologize profusely to Governor Hochul. I'm sorry that in the, in the, the rough and tumble Democratic primary for governor, I called you and your husband corrupt. I apologize. Then Hochul said, and you must amend your position on abortion. You are too moderate. You must coincide with the DNC position here in the state of New York. Yes, a thousand times yes. Please anoint me please. And then she goes, I'll sleep on it. The next morning she announced, I'm supporting Swazi. And the race to raise the money is underway. By the way, they already have one TV commercial up. Anthony, it's got to be the worst commercial I've ever seen. Which side? Uh, For Swazi. Uh, You know, it was his opening announcement from Friday. But you could tell it was a a cut and paste job. You know, it's really poorly done. But this is be, be able to say to your donors, you see, we're already in it to win it. And as Peter King says, This is all about raising $10 million on both sides, $20 million total, for an election on February 13th. Let's say one of the other wins. I think Swazi's got to be favored. And then they do it all over again four months later because it's the primary season for the congressional seat. That means there'll probably be Democrats challenging if Swazi wins or loses. There'll probably be Republicans challenging if Mazzi wins or loses and decides to continue to be a Democrat. Well, if it... Maybe, maybe not. I mean, because if it's if it's a close race, probably they just run it back and do it again. But you're right. And then there's the expense to the taxpayer, because I don't know if there are any other specials in the state that day. They got to gear up just for, just for this congressional race. But, you know, but you're missing out on something. Look, I get it that there's going to be there. 
But for months and months and months, you've got these conservative, conservative, you've got these these moderate Republicans who have been trying to distance themselves from George Santos. Guys like Lawler and D. Esposito and Maliotakis, these people who need to run in now what might be more Democratic districts as a redistricting, and we can get to that in a minute. And so they've been wanting to get rid of Santos because it's an embarrassment to them. So finally they said, listen, we don't need him. Go ahead. Democrats are like, well, we definitely have a chance to take this seat, so we don't mind throwing him out. I think everyone wanted to do it, but you're right. These elections, what a lot of people don't realize, consultants love races. They love issues because they make money either way. The guys making the ads, they don't care if you win, really. I mean, it looks good if you're if a consultant and your candidate wins, but you're going to get 20% of the ad buy no matter what. So all they care about is it's a big number, and that's true for the county organizations also. So everyone's going to benefit. When you get the mail in your mailbox, you know a consultant has, has bought his second his second car. When you see the TV ads that are running, you know you, that some consultant bought a boat or got his Hamptons house that way. You're definitely right. Everyone has an interest in this, and they're going to spend a lot of money on now, it. Now, the, the, the kickoff, we have Massey, who, again, I'd like an explanation from the Nassau County GOP. She is a registered Democrat. She is not a Republican. You obviously gave her a Wilson Bakula. You gave her an opportunity first time to run on your line when she won the legislative seat in the county for Great Neck. And now you're doing likewise for the congressional But how does she answer the question on the campaign stump? Oh, I I think this is what, uh, because I listened to her intently. Uh, She had, you know, her full family there, all the big mockers of the Nassau County GOP. Uh, Al D'Amato was there. You know, Peter Kane, the consigliere, uh, and then uh, Chairman Cairo. They were all there. You know, they all applauded. I'm running to defeat... Uh, the, 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 the socialists in the Democratic Party, the radicals. And I'm like, okay, I get that, but uh, Swazi is anything but a radical. Yeah. He actually ran to Holcos right in that election. He's, if anything, he's a moderate Democrat. Yeah. He is the classic moderate Democrat. Then when Swazi announced the previous Friday, he says, I'm still waiting, uh, you know, who the candidate will be. But no doubt it'll be a MAGA Republican, MAGA Republican, Santos Republican. And now the race is being defined as the one issue, Israel, the Jewish vote. Let me advise my Republican friends. You can knock yourself out. You can beat yourself. You can impale yourself. You can whip yourself. Jews are not voting for Republicans. You got it? They never have. They never will. So much of the effort in the Republican Party is we're going to convince the Jews. We're going to convince the Jews. They might sit home as a Democrat, but they are not voting for Republicans. I don't care that this woman is served in the IDF for paratrooper. I don't care that she went to Haifa University. I don't care that uh, she is a proud Ethiopian Jew who came over in this diaspora. I don't care. That's not going to – Tom Swazi is not a socialist. He has been pro-Israel, right. and he's, pro-Jewish cause. He's, he's going to have a, a, uh, a voting record on Israel, which I assume is fine or slash perfect. I agree with you. Maybe they think they get a little bit higher turnout in places like Great Neck that don't turn out terribly high in those kind of in, – in the, the Persian community, for example. I don't think it's a great idea. The, the problem that she's going to have is if she's – she must have an answer for why I stay a Democrat. Like she's going to be asked, did you vote for Donald Trump? And she says, no, I'm, 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 I voted for Joe Biden. Well, you're going to Washington to impeach Joe Biden. Your, your team is impeached. Why should we give another vote to the impeachment side? I think it's got – look, I her bio, just her bio seems pretty amazing, but so does Santos's bio. His exactly. bio seems pretty amazing too. Every box is checked. <laughs> but remember, Chairman Cairo, we checked once, twice, three times. Yeah, I'm going to trust you or the Democrats – Let's go back a little bit. When we come back, we need to remind people how both sides going into the second race of George Santos originally thought he would take on Swazi, but Swazi opted to do what he always wanted to do, run for governor. He crashed and burned. But the point is, he had a new opponent agreed to by the majority of the Democrats, a PR executive, Zimmerman, lifelong Democrat. And I'm going to remind everybody what happened in that race because they act like oh, we, we we didn't know about George Santos. Nobody, th- they all know. Both sides know. Anthony, nobody thought he would win. No, yeah, nobody cared. 
Right, but they, they were there for the money. It was a lot of money. And so when your caller call said for both sides, it's about the money, he was spot on. By the way, I haven't heard Carl like some other callers who lazy phone screeners put up show after show after show after show. I said, hey, uh, phone screeners, you think you could get some new callers instead of talking to them on the phone first? Oh, they're my friend. We're going to put them up. Oh, I love you. You love me. That's what you call great talk radio. When you get callers like that, when you get an adversarial situation like you pose for your listeners, Anthony, unlike, oh, we love you. We love you calling because you're all on our side and we hate everyone else who might have a different point of view. So if you're going to come into our club and you're going to take on us, we'll go go the hell out of there. We don't, we're not interested in you listening. No, we want as many people listening as possible. That's what you call good talk radio. And, Anthony, you're getting there. You're getting there. A lot about Dominic Carter. He's almost <laughs> there already. I'm schooling Andrew Giuliani Sunday night, 8 to 9. He's getting better. Uh, his final uh, monologue about his dad's problems yesterday right. was magnificent. Was very good, yeah. was magnificent. I'm telling you, we're developing a lot of great talk show hosts here and all my other colleagues who mail it in every day, all I can say to all of you is watch your backs. You better start doing some work instead of mailing it in. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. <laughs> Meet the Mets, meet the Mets, step right up oh, and greet the Mets. That's music to your bring ears, the Anthony Weiner. Bring the wife, guaranteed to hit the time of your life, because the Mets are re- Why are we playing this? Look, mood elevation, mood yeah, elevation totally. for you and all Mets fans, except the first cameo done by George Santos, not a paid cameo appearance. What's to all you Met fans at the start oh, don't remind me of, of the season of hope? You had hopes that with Steve Cohen and his big pockets, a possible World Series appearance and victory. Hey guys, today is opening day. As a good old Mets fan, I know you guys aren't going to be playing until April 6th back home, but in good old fashion, let's go Mets! That was the curse. God, that worse. doomed you. It doesn't get worse. He had a throwback Mike Piazza jersey on. It was in good old fashioned, and then he gets the chant wrong. Oh, God. Oh, God. It, but now he gets paid. Those exactly. Things. Someone paid him 500 bucks for that if he did it today. They get paid. Now, let's go back to uh, both the Republicans and Democrats who are trying revisionism about George Sandals. First off, the Republicans in Nashville County, when they discovered a guy who claimed to be a Jew, Latino, and gay, wow, that was the <laughs> trifecta. This is like, oh, my God. And he's willing to run against Swazi. You know, right. very difficult task. Also to be a sacrificial lamb. Let's right. just keep that in mind. Early on, that's all he was. But it shows that we're a party that's trying for diversity. Yes, right? Imagine yes. we got a Jew, a Latino, and a gay guy right. all in one right. shot. Oh, right. my God. So he runs against Swazi the first time in the 2020 presidential race. And as of the night of the election, he's ahead. Then naturally all the papers counted and Swazi beats him. Beats him handsomely, but still everybody says, hey, George Santos ran a pretty good race. By the way, that was the first sign that we started to see that something was happening on Long Island. Long Island was trending different ways than the rest of the country. Although in his concession speech speech that night, George Santos said to the crowd, Nassau County GOP really didn't support me as much as they could have because I was a gay guy. So he's already firing shots across the bow. Now, all of a sudden, it's months afterwards. I go and I have lunch with Chairman Cairo and the committee of the Nassau County GOP because they are prospecting for a new candidate. To take on possibly. And the, and the reason they might knock on your door is the, the district is part Queens. Yes. So you're, and, and you had done very well in Queens. But as you can tell, we don't like one another. We're like two scorpions in a brandy class. So I go out to lunch, and before we even have the salad with the croutons on it, I say, hey, guys, I don't like you. You don't like me. How come we're here? 
well, we've seen the new lines. You know, we did the analytics. Oh, you you had an outstanding mayoral race. I said, uh-oh, here we go. You won the Asian vote, you know, Queens, heavy Asian. So they give me every reason. We want you to consider running for the 3rd Congressional District as our Republican nominee. And I say, well, wait a second. You got a candidate, George Santos. He did relatively well. Very few people win their first race out, especially against uh, an institution like Tom Swazi. I mean, he's been there forever. His father, an esteemed right. judge. I said, how come you're prospecting? They took the code of Omerta. They said nothing. Meantime, unbeknownst to me, because as you know, I supported Andrew Giuliani in the Republican primary. He tells me weeks later, he goes, you know, I felt a little weird. I'm sitting with State Chairman Langworthy at that time before he, thank God, beat Palladino out west and became the congressman there. And we're sitting down and he's saying, gee, if only you could drop out of the Republican primary for governor against Swazi, Astorino, Wilson joined later, and run in the 3rd Congressional District. Uh, the Nassau County GOP will support you. And he says the same thing. Like, I don't understand. George Santos did a pretty good job, right. you know. And Langworthy wouldn't answer him. Turns out that the Nassau County GOP took $185,000 from George Santos. They knew he was tainted. It's not. It was It was an open secret. Everybody knew George Santos's resume. Left. Was that why they were trying to jettison him? They thought he would lose. Now, I look see. on the Democratic side, Jacobs, the state chamber, again, he's in control of Long Island. That's his ballywick. Uh, he has Zimmerman to replace Swazi, who has decided he wants to, again, be governor. And remember, sidebar about Swazi, I tell the story all the time. He's running against, um, at that time, Elliot Spitzer in the Democrat. That's what it was. Trying to remember who he's running against. Right. Spitzer, right. And he's getting killed in the polls. It's like 70-20. Spitzer is spending all of his daddy's money. He's got no chance. So Team Spitzer sends emissaries over to him and says, hey, Tom, this is crazy. You know, we're going to have a, a major battle for the governorship. Why don't you just become the lieutenant governor candidate? He looks at them straight in the eye and goes, I'm going to beat Spitzer. They say, right. you, you got no chance. I'm going to beat Spitzer. You let him know. Take that message back. The next call was to my husband in law, David Patterson, <laughs> state senator. Would you like to be the <laughs> lieutenant governor candidate? Who gets the call when Elliot Spitzer decides, I'm not going to go to jail for violation of the Man Act. I'm just going to resign. The husband in law, yeah. David <laughs> Patterson. That would have been Tom Swatsy's dream come right. true. Right. He would have been the governor. He's always wanted to be the governor. So now he reemerges, right? He's going to save that seat. But what you need to know is the guy who took his place, Zimmerman, is a good PR agent. He's done right, PR but he years. won a primary, right? He, yes. he wasn't given that no. seat because it was seen as a Democratic seat. Right. But he's been there lifelong for the Democrats. He runs a PR agency. The North Shore leader, a very esteemed community paper, serves the North Shore of Suffolk County, what they call the Gold Coast and Nassau County. It's won 15 Pulitzer Prizes, right? Community newspaper. It's really good. They published the expose on George Santos in October of the election year, the second time around. Everybody knows now, in advance, this guy is a fugazi. Well, a community newspaper does an expose, but no one not finds out about it if no one pays money to put it in everyone's mailbox or put it up in a TV yeah, commercial. Yeah, but stuff you like know that. all the mockers are seeing it on both sides. Right. I mean— Zimmerman yes. has debates left with Santos. He doesn't even bring up any of that. None of it yeah. about the fact you're not a Jew, you're yeah. not a Latino, none of that. Inexcusable. Because the thought was it's a slam dunk. The guy has no shot. On election night, he wins by 10 percentage points. Combined, well, it was two other things were going on. Well, one of the things going everyone, the issues were all about crime, all about Trump. No one th- it was all that abortion. Remember, we were having this conversation on the air, yeah, you yes. know, about what they should be talking about. The Republicans said, let's talk about crime. Democrats said, let's talk about abortion. No one was like, the guy didn't play volleyball at Baruch. And so, yes, but the fact that he didn't bring it up in a debate, though, is even crazier. So he wins 55-45. That's a convincing Santa, election yeah. in what was a Democratic area, Biden-Swazi area. Now, I hear D. Esposito has become... Um, uh, 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 our guy's uh, favorite pitch guy in the morning of local congressman, uh, Sid Rosenberg. Yeah. D. Esposito goes, oh, we Republicans were always right. 
Wait a second. Abortion is your Achilles heel, the abortion issue. What is Mazzy's position on abortion? Oh, good question. What is it? Well, she's had seven kids. <laughs> I don't think she's in favor of birth control, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I mean, God bless that she's That's had nice. seven beautiful children who, right, who right. are up there on the but podium. But we don't know. The, we, we don't, do we really not know that position? Well, that's got to come out. Of course. Because, you know, that may be the defining issue that changes the whole makeup of the race. We know that Swazi was more moderate about abortion, but after getting beaten up by Kathy Holcomb, he's totally on board now. By the way, you know, I, I don't know if you heard the, the cut that Noam Layton has been, was playing from her first event. She's like, we got to stamp out these people who want to eliminate our quality of life and defund the police and everything. Settle down. You're in a swing district that leans Democratic. You're already a Democrat. Show that you've got the smarts to be moderate a little bit. There. But this said, is what their hope is. That your people, the chosen people, go into the booth. They say, she's one of ours. Hey, Swazi, he's good. He's a good Gentile. He's a righteous Gentile. But she's one of ours. Now, the problem is she's running as a Republican. But I know, I can tell my booby and Zeta in heaven, my grandfather, that I, I never voted for a Republican because she's really a Democrat. This is what they're hoping for. Let me tell everybody, I did the analytics when they wanted me to run for that seat. 15% of the voters are Asian now. That's the swing vote. That's who you focus on if you want to win this election. The age, I said that in that special election, remembering Queens, all the Republicans thought, oh, you know, oh, they're going to vote for us. No, the Jews will vote for the Democrats. Go ahead, knock yourself out. Go ahead. Spend millions of dollars. They're not going to do it. But I know why they chose Massey and they wanted to stay a Democrat. So when your peeps go in there and say, no, even though I'm going to pull the lever for the Republican, I know she's a Democrat. I know. My boobies, Ada, please don't hold this against me. I'm voting on the Republican line, but she truly is a Democrat. Watch. That's yeah. the strategy. I mean, it could be a special election, low turnout, very animated, educated voters, and therefore probably more partisan than most voters. Yeah, yeah please just send money. Uh, send money to both sides so the consultants can make money yeah. so then they can come back and make more money in June in the primary and then more money in the general election. I predict when all is said and done, this race alone will have raised $50 million. Well, the fact that it's a lonely – well, the fact that the margins are so close, the fact that it's a lonely election, meaning there's not a lot going on and there's a lot of, a lot of specials. Specials get a lot of attention in a super closely divided Congress. Um, I think Swazi wins it. We don't know, by the way, this might be a completely different district when they run in it in the summer, though, because they're going to redraw those lines. No, I understand. But uh, I'd say— But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled by this, by how she answers the question. You, ref- you steadfastly stay a Democrat. Steadfastly. Tell us why. And what does she say to that? And what is your position on abortion? Well, uh, if, if you, the reasons you steadfastly become a Democrat is why you don't go caucus with the Republican Party in Washington. It, the two things are incompatible. You believe in choice. Well, that's not what the caucus you're going into. Mike Johnson is not helping you with that. Uh, Donald Trump's not helping you with that. It'll be interesting. It's interesting but I think you're right. They're making it an all-Israel election. and nobody, Nobody's going to determine a congressperson th- over I, the Israeli vote. Uh, listen, nobody. If you had one socialist Palestinian protester yes, candidate absolutely. versus what yeah. all right maybe you would but not in this well, case well they're trying to paint Swazi as that he's not they are or they're trying to hang they're, the, trying, to. they're trying to hang the left apparently of the party. he said at one point oh i have a dream at one point that the squad will accept me now you know there ain't no damn way in the world the squad would ever accept tom by swazi the way, by the way swazi would have you know, chopped off his left arm to get support from the left against Hochul. He wants the biggest thing about Swazi. He's made it clear to the entire world he doesn't want to be a congressman. No, he doesn't want to be a lieutenant governor. No, he doesn't want to be anything. He wants to be the governor. That's all. Governor, when he gets governor. up in the morning, he looks in the mirror. He sees the future governor. The next time there's a governor shot for, he's going to leave that congressional what, what, seat. What, you know. what does he say every day when he's grooming himself like Gavin Newsom? Because <laughs> you think of these two guys, they're very much the same <laughs> type. Are, you know, yeah. they're they're uh, metrosexuals. And he's looking in the mirror, and he's reminded, I could have been the governor. Spitzer said, you can't beat me in the primary, but you can be my lieutenant governor. And I said a thousand times, no, I'm going to beat you. Yeah. And then who became the lieutenant governor? My husband-in-law, David Patterson. Yeah. 
Oh. I remember Swazi came and visited with me when he was waging that primary. And he, he said, you're going to like me much more than you're going to like, like Spitzer. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. But that's your rationale. He says, yeah, yeah. We Guys like us, we have to stick together. Who are guys like us? What are you talking about? <laughs> but, I, he, but he's a very ambitious guy. I think he's going to win the race. He's a pretty good politician. The only problem is familiarity breeds contempt a little bit. He's been around so long, standing for so many races out there. Oh, I know, but. Remember the stain of George Santos that the Republicans brought too. to the district. That's true. Too. If I'm a Republican, I might not even want to come out and vote. <laughs> That's true I'm going to say to myself first, I have. Oh, remember the famous quote in the Empire State uh, uh, restaurant two Sundays ago. John Katzenmatidis, right next to this woman, big marker in the New York State GOP. She stands up. They all know she's going to give him fire and brimstone. She says to all the Republicans. First, I was raped by George Santos in my district, meaning the third district. Right. And I accepted that. And now you're committing an abortion by <laughs> taking him away in the waning days of, of a race he's going to leave anyway. He's not going to be running again. I'm screwed over twice. Everybody was like ducking, you know, ducking she's for not, color. She's not wrong. Colorful language, but she's not wrong. She was spot on. And the crowd was divided. That's why there's a very good chance that the Republicans, with this perfect candidate that checks all the boxes, beware, you had a perfect candidate the last time, will probably, as you say, lose to the safe candidate in the minds of the voters of the 3rd Congressional District, Tom Swasey. It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 77 WABC. Cousin Brucey here for the Neil Diamond musical, A Beautiful Noise. Cousins, the uplifting true story of a kid from Brooklyn destined for something more. Starring American Idol winner Nick Fradiani as Neil Diamond, A Beautiful Noise. Features all the songs you love. Including America, Forever in Blue Jeans, and Sweet Caroline. Cousins, the next inspiring musical mega hit is here. With four matinee performances every week. The Neil Diamond Musical on Broadway. Get your tickets now. A production management analyst, job ID number PM1103, is sought by Art and Cook Incorporated in New York, New York. $73,590 is the salary per year. Requirements is a bachelor's degree in statistics, finance, or related. Six months experience as production specialist, management specialist, or related. Capable of using our software. To apply, mail CV with job number 224 to West 30th Street, Suite 501, New York, New York, 1001. Must be 18 or older to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Hey, New York, the Powerball jackpot is over $500 million, so you just got to try your lucky numbers. And thanks to the Jackpot.com lottery app, it's a whole lot easier. Thanks to Jackpot.com, instead of having to go out to get tickets, I just order my Powerball, Mega Millions, numbers, and other official state lottery games right from my couch. Just download the Jackpot.com lottery app or go to Jackpot.com. Choose your lottery and pick your numbers. That's it. Your tickets are scanned and can be viewed on your phone with the jackpot.com lottery app there's no more searching for lost tickets or forgetting to check results jackpot.com lets me know instantly if i'm a winner come on new york the powerball has soared to over 500 million and somebody's gonna win download the jackpot.com lottery app or go to jackpot.com and order your lottery tickets right from your phone and get a free lottery ticket with your first order never miss another jackpot with a jackpot.com lottery app proud partner of the new york yankees that's jackpot.com Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. All right, Anthony, let's get down to brass tacks here. I'm tired of schoolyard bickering between Democrats and Republicans in New York State. When one party is in power, they screw the other party every which way they can by trying to control the division of lines. Every 10 years, census, you get a chance to redraw the lines. And New York 
has been losing population, losing congressional districts. Uh, the states that gain are Florida and Texas. They're the two states that have benefited. New York, California, others keep losing seats. Okay. So for 20 years, the Republicans were riding high. Pataki was governor for 12 of those. Joe Bruno uh, ran the state Senate before that. Uh, Nick, uh, the Greek Skelos. So they were calling, they were drawing the lines. And to be quite frank, they were, they were screwing the uh, Democrats. Well, wait a minute. No, 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 no. The Democrats control the assembly. So the lines were getting drawn in basically a way every year we're going to throw one of the, if it's an odd number, we're going to have pick one. We're going to, we're going to draw one, save one Democrat, save one Republican, and then we're going to make a fair fight. For the third, because the de- the, the Democrat remember Shelley Silver was in charge yes. on the House on on the Assembly side, and when it comes to drawing their legislative districts, uh, uh, Shelley Silver said, "You protect all your guys in the Senate; I'll protect my guys in the Assembly." And the whole government was dysfunctional because everyone was just because the the legislators were choosing their constituents, not the constituents choosing their legislators. I withdraw my statement. You have uh, added texture to it. I forgot my enemy of all enemies, Hyman Ross, <laughs> oh a.k.a. God. Meyer Lansky. I'm sorry a. I reminded you. Sheldon Silver. No, no, I remember. <laughs> I praised him when he was the third right. man in the room, said no to congestion pricing right, right. and no to a new Jet Stadium over there by the Hudson Yards, which is a ghost town now. But put that aside. So now the Democrats are in charge. You have a veto-proof majority in the state Senate. State Senate. They uh, they have the governorship. They have every statewide position. There's, there's no two-party system in New York State. So they went to the highest court in the state. They got a decision. I say they stacked the deck to get the decision, but they got a decision. And now it goes back to a committee to redraw the lines from the way they were that enabled the Republicans to compete and actually win enough seats, mostly in Long Island, to give them the barest majority in the House of Representatives, without which Hakeem Jeffries would have been the new Speaker of the House of Representatives. So where does it go now? Who who, who ends up trying to redraw the Well, just a little more context is that in 2000, I believe it was in 2015, we, the citizens of New York State, in one of those referendums that's at the bottom of the ballot in November, said we want to have independent redistricting that is not done for partisan reasons. And that passed. People like that idea. They always do. Exactly. And one of the things that Democrats still hold against Cuomo is that why'd you let this happen? All right. Putting that aside. So it last year when or not the year before when they're redrawing the districts, the parties couldn't figure it out, so it went to a commission. And the commission, who is nonpartisan, could not figure out. Well, it's not nonpartisan. It's equal Democrat and Republican. So it went to the courts. They couldn't decide. And the courts drew these lines. And lo and behold, they're more compact. They make more sense. You don't have two members of Congress in Manhattan. You just have one. It causes chaos. But, you know, if you believe the district should be compact and not based on politics, they did an okay job. Now, the problem is partisan Democrats like me are like, wait a minute, I want fairness. I want compact districts, but they're not doing it in Texas. They're not doing it in Louisiana. They're not doing it in Georgia. They're drawing partisan districts. And so we have Speaker McCarthy instead of Speaker Pelosi. I don't want to lay down arms. I want to draw partisan districts, too. So the, the, this, the, the Democrats go into court and they say, wait a minute. I know that it went to the courts to draw these districts, but... If you read the law carefully, it had to be temporary until we, the legislature, can go back in and draw them. And so the court agreed, and it took a, a, a gymnastics for the court to agree. They had to get rid of one judge, put in another judge, and now it looks like they're going to be redrawn again, and the politicians are going to be back in charge. Here's what I have to say. Like so many other things in politics, it depends on where you sit. I'm a partisan Democrat. I don't like there being a Republican Congress. I think they're inept and they don't do what I believe in. So I want us to pack the districts as best we can. I want us to chop up Maliotakis. I want us to make the Swazi district more Democratic so we're sure we'll get it, etc. That's what I believe is a partisan. As an American, I always said that if I was just given a square district, whatever race it was, whatever politics it was, just give me a compact and everyone had the same thing. Everyone would develop a little bit more respect for the other side. 
they'd be less concerned about primaries and more concerned about finding the middle, and we'd be a better country. Brilliant. Brilliant. And uh, California already does that. A lot of states already do it. You get a true independent districting commission. They're truly independent. They're not dumb. Like you can put experts on things, but they're not partisans. They're not politicians. And But the thing is, you can't just do it in some states and not in others. Because the Republicans, the Republicans in states like Georgia, well, say well, we're going to just pack these. Let's districts. face it: uh, if there is one state similar to California in terms of the preponderance of Democrats, it's New York State. We share a lot of the same political ideology. Um, we have uh, they have Newsom, we have Hochul. Before that, we had Cuomo. The point being is, if California could do it. With a preponderance of Democrats where they could basically, I mean, they could create lines in which Republicans would have to run in Mexico to have a chance to win any districts. Why can't we well, do we it? Well, we can, but it is, there's, you know, there's this expression in politics, there's no such thing as permanent positions, there's only permanent interests. Like, the position on redistricting would change in a minute here in New York if we control the House and the districts were fine for Democrats, we'd say, sure, fine, let's keep it this way. Now we want to use our advantage. We, we the Democrats, lost the House of Representatives because those district lines were Correct. changed in a way that favored Republicans right here in New York. Correct. So we, as much as we want to be high-minded and say, yeah, let's do it the, the right way, make square districts like Wiener says, the thing we want even more is Speaker Hakeem and Jeffries. Let me remind my fellow Republicans that the red wave never happened. Never happened across the country, primarily because of the abortion issue. So in this special election in the 3rd Congressional District, when a guy like D. Esposito said, we're right on every issue. All right. What is, what is your position on abortion? Because it changes from Republican to Republican, from area to area. Mozzie is a Democrat. She refuses to become a Republican for whatever reason. First thing I want to know as a supporter of Swazi, which I'm not, what's your position on abortion? Right. Because we know that is the number one issue for women. As, men, as much as Republicans, oh, Curtis, what are you talking? When I was at that Empire State uh, uh, breakfast, in which Johnson was introduced to everybody who claimed, oh, this guy's the greatest thing. I mean, he's the greatest. Nobody knew him. Nobody knew him. But one thing I saw is the women that were there most were not at all in line with the party's draconian positions on abortion, especially in some areas where even when it comes to the health of the mother, incest or rape, Sorry, see you later. No abortion. Yeah, we just had we had a case in Texas where the court stepped in and told a woman she couldn't have an abortion when she had a fetus that wasn't viable. And that's the thing. Whatever you see in these polls, whatever this Joe Biden is old, whatever you see about like, you know, there's no way here are the six states he can't win and all this other kind of stuff. Every time there has been a judicial election, a congressional election, a Senate election in a state that has abortion on the ballot Democrats have prevailed. And if you've noticed, Trump's posture of late is to distance himself from the overall, I would say, regular position of Republicans on abortion. You know, as he's saying, well, we have to discuss that. He knows that's an Achilles heel. So I'm very interested to see where the county legislature, Massey, a Democrat, who ran on the Republican line? And we got to get the answer by the time. Of well, the next I mean, program. here, I mean, here's the other problem she's going to have, and I, and I, you know, a county legislator is not ready overnight to be ready for to run in a congressional race that the entire country is going to be watching. You know, she's talking about defund the police and criminal law. I mean, we don't even do criminal law in Congress. That's not what they do there, right? So she's going to get asked all these subtlety questions. Well, even if she's, you know, and remember. She still has to appeal to – she's going to go into Republican fundraising halls asking people for donations. She's going to be pro-choice, anti, anti-impeachment anti Democrat? Wait. Wait. You forget. Check all the boxes. Black yeah. Ethiopian who's <laughs> Jewish, served in the IDF uh, valiantly as a paratrooper. That's the top level. Yeah. Went to the University of Haifa, has seven children, so we know – this woman is definitely creating children. 
But so, but but well, by the way, all of those things should have asterisks next to them until we've checked everything. Remember, this is the county organization that brought us Santos. <laughs> we and we blame and blame Queens. Queens it had such a little slice know, in the district. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was Queens. No, ladies and gentlemen, truth be told, both the Nassau County GOP and the Nassau County Democrats knew that George Santos was a fagazi. They just didn't think he would win, and hey, it was money to be made. Hey, Curtis, and I'll go one step further. I don't think the Republicans in Nassau County care if they win or they lose. Right? You're, I don't think they care. They're going to have another race in September. That's correct. another $5 million Wait, race. They have the primary in June. So that's another $10 million. And then they have the general election, whoever they settle on, whether it's Mazzi or someone else, depending if Swazi wins this special. And then you have the general election that's tied into the presidential election, which appears right now if the election were tomorrow, it would be Trump versus Biden. Oh, there's money to be made and there are consultants to be paid. This is not Swazi versus Mazzi. This is Democratic consultants online and Republican consultants with their hands out saying, more money, more money, more money, more money. It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 77 WABC. Hey folks, Sid Rosenberg here. Many people suffer from chronic inflammation, which can lead to various illnesses. Body needs 10 grams of glycine a day. Most diets provide two to three. Well, I've got the solution, folks. It's called Sweet Amine. It's a sweetener that tastes like sugar and provides eight grams of glycine. No carbs, no sugar, or artificial sweeteners. I use it in my coffee every morning. It's quick, easy, and great for diabetes. Sweet Amine eliminates excess inflammation and associated Pain. This product is awesome. Trust me. Sweetamine.com. That's sweetamine.com. An operations research analyst is wanted in Amityville, New York. Organize data from business systems using statistics and other mathematical tools. Analyze KPI. Identify potential business issues. Develop demand forecast and business performance analysis. A master's degree in applied mathematics, statistics, or closely related area. And proficiency in Microsoft Power Buy are required. Salary range is $87,194 to $90,000. Send resume to Yushan Company, USA. Attention, number 54113, 38 William Street, Amityville, New New York 11701. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Protecting America with Rita Cosby. Joining us now is the great Asia expert Gordon Chang, and he's the author of the just released China is Going to War. Beijing spokesperson Mao Ning told reporters after that statement came out during a briefing this statement is extremely wrong and irresponsible political manipulation. Your thoughts to the way Beijing responded? They're always going to react and huff and when they're criticized. But you have to remember that Xi Jinping demands that the Chinese people show absolute obedience, quote-unquote, to the Communist Party, and that the Communist Party show absolute obedience to him. So, yeah, he is a dictator. He just doesn't want to admit it because it's not fashionable these days to be one. We need to criticize the Chinese more all the time just to show that, yeah, we're not afraid of it. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Out there in Southampton, Anthony Weiner sitting staring at his navel, contemplating his political resurrection, is Andrew Cuomo at his brother's uh, Chris Cuomo's complex. He's done a series of softball interviews, not a tough question asked of him, because he's been selected. Basically, you want to interview me? These are the rules and regulations, and everybody, unfortunately, has folded. He won't get on with Sid Rosenberg. They already had a discussion. Oh, I thought that that's still pending. That, that's not happening? Well, because remember, the last time uh, he was supposed to come on with Sid, and then he calls up Sid at like 12 midnight and says, no, I'm going to pass, because he knows he's going to have to ask tough questions, answer tough questions. He hasn't had to do that at all, every step of the way. So now what do you do? You're sitting on polls that indicate if a mayoral election were held tomorrow as a result 
of possibly uh, Mayor Adams uh, deciding to step aside, uh, you would be the front runner. Uh, your profile has been repaired somewhat, although your enemies are waiting with bated breath on the sidelines to just come at you with everything they got. And his negatives are very high. He's leading these polls with like 20, 22, 22 percent, but his negatives are still very right. high. Right. And the negative, as you've explained before and I've explained, is something you probably can't overcome. Somebody who's negative, then they're not even going to think of voting for you. So you got to go after whatever's left. So what would your advice be to him now as he sits there through the holidays and he has every consultant in the world chewing on his ear, giving him cauliflower ear? Because, again, they sense there's money. There's money in a potential uh, Cuomo race if he were to ever get involved statewide again or uh, in the city, depending on what happens. What would your advice be to him? I would say if there's a special election, if Adams can't, can't run a special election, I would get in. I don't see a, a, a huge downside to do it, but I don't think that's going to happen. And so if you then you I think he's got to have a longer term plan to get back in, do something of service, be of be someone out there who's whatever. As part of that, make your amends, answer every question, do so humbly, show that you've changed. Kind of like what he did. I don't know if you remember this when he ran briefly for governor against Carl McCall in 94, does that sound, 2004, does that sound right? Carl McCall was the heir apparent, African-American controller, widely beloved in the Democratic circles. Andrew Cuomo comes along, says, I'm going to run against him. The entire state apparatus leans against him and said, you're not going to get anywhere. He insults Governor Pataki by saying you were just the coat holder for Giuliani. It was a debacle. He then starts, he withdraws from the race and then goes on a charm offensive, reaching out to advocates, reaching out to other elected officials, saying, I've changed. He has to do that now. He has to show some kind of penance. Now, Pataki just destroyed McCall when he ran against him. True. And one of the things I noticed that took place is upstate, nobody really knew Carl McCall. You say McCall, you figure, eh, maybe Scottish heritage. Yeah, they, yeah, they didn't put his face on any of the posters. But the Republicans did. They then started yep. doing the lit drops in which all they did was they put Carl McCall's picture as an African-American. This is the candidate, the gubernatorial Democratic candidate running against George Pataki. They don't want you to see him. Right. We just felt it was imperative that you know who you might be voting for if you determine that you want to go with Carl McCall and not with George Pataki. So the Democrats thought they could hide that fact. The Republicans exploited it. And what did that campaign turn out to be again? A fundraising delight for both (laughs) sides. And the people who made money on both sides win and lose were the consultants. The consultants always make money, win, lose, or draw.